chapter number four. We are in week two of the series we started last week, Mastermind. And so today we're going to look at, uh, last week we just laid the foundation and, and started looking at, uh, first of all, the fact that there is a war in our minds and there's a battle going on. We said that there's a battle going on between the enemy, the devil's lies about us or to us, and God's truth about us. And uh, we've got to be able to win that war in our minds. And so we started looking at different ways that we need to do that, recognizing the strongholds, the lies that are in our mind, recognizing the lies that, that, that we think all the time, that just become common to us as we think them. We talked about making sure we replace that with truth, bringing those thoughts into obedience to Christ. And so uh, today we're going to look at training our mind. How do we do that? How do we bring those thoughts into obedience? How do we make sure that we're thinking right thoughts, thoughts that are based on God's truth, thoughts that are based on uh, obedience to Jesus Christ and the word of God? So uh, Philippians chapter number four, look at verse number eight with me. Philippians, uh, we started just looking at this on Thursday nights at, at uh, in our driven meetings at the college, and I love the book of Philippians. It's a book written at the end of Paul's life, and so we get to chapter number four, and we find Paul's writings at the end of the last thing that he'll write in his life, and so these are some of the most important things that Paul will write throughout the New Testament. So verse number eight, he says, finally... After everything that I've said to you, brethren, after everything that I have written to you before, this is one of the last things that I want to leave with you. This is, this is one of the most important things I want to give to you. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, truth, whatsoever things are honest, they're honest, they're, 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 they're based on truth, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, pure thoughts, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, look what it says there, think on these things. Think on these things. Of course, that verse is written there in your handout because it's important. Paul finishes his time writing to the Philippians by focusing on their minds. One of the last things the Holy Spirit inspires him to write is about their thought life. And we talked about that last week, how Paul went through the same struggle that we all have to face, the battle in his mind, and how you read the early writings of Paul, and it's very jumbled, it's, it seems almost distractive, confusing, uh, even like Paul's going crazy at times. But then you get to the end of his life, Last week we read in 2 Corinthians, and we'll see again in just a second, and then right now we read in Philippians, we find that Paul, through battling, through warring, through struggling, has won the war of his mind. Now, as we get started, let me ask you a question. How many of you would say that you often make decisions that either make no sense or are considered irrational? <laughs> Hands going up all over the room. Uh, we all do that. I mean, uh, how many of us, we've made a decision to, to eat right, eat well. Maybe at the beginning of the year, some never made that decision. Yeah, there you go, all right. Uh, we make the decision to, to eat right. And, and maybe we do that for like two straight days. But then somebody brings in a box of donuts to work. 
Somebody brought in a box of donuts earlier this week into work, and I am not ashamed to say that I hate two of them. Um, but we, 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 we go through the whole dozen, and then we top it off with the cinnamon roll, even though we've made a decision to, to eat healthy. Maybe, we, maybe we've made a decision to, to be wise financially, to be good stewards with our money. We do that maybe for, for a couple of weeks. So, uh, uh, maybe it's for 11 days. We have done well with our money, and then all of a sudden something breaks. I've got my vehicle in the shop right now. It's such a blessing. And you know, something breaks, and so we, so we think we need to treat ourselves, and we go to the mall, and we just buy all kinds of stuff, money that we don't have. Maybe it's when we should apologize to somebody. And either we decide not to, or we do just the opposite. Maybe it's when we know we should take responsibility for something, and we try to pass the blame, or we shirk that responsibility. Maybe uh, when we know what's right. We know what we should be doing in a situation, and we make a decision not to. Some would say maybe our wires are crossed in our mind. And, you know, you, how many of you ever heard that, that, that phrase? Your wires are crossed, or maybe between two people, your wires are crossed. I was doing some, some reading about that, and uh, just where that came from. And, you know, in the olden days, um, they had the, the telephone switchboards. And you have a phone in your house, and the wires would run to the switchboard, and then they'd have to connect your line to somebody else in order to make a call. And sometimes, because it was people that was doing this, uh, they would connect it to the wrong call. And they would say, the wires got crossed. And so you'd be having a conversation with somebody who had absolutely no idea what you were talking about. And it was confusing, and it, uh, had, there was misunderstanding, and, and things got uh, messed up all over the place because of that, because the wires weren't plugged in to the right places. And when we make irrational decisions, even though we've made good ones, and maybe we've initially made the right choices, but when we eventually down the line make those irrational decisions, why? It's because the wires are crossed and plugged in to the wrong places in our mind. We said this last week. When we think a thought, our brains, like a computer that is evolving, create that neural pathway that we travel. That thought becomes a pathway that we walk on in our minds. And it's very easy once we think that and once it becomes um, a thought that we think all the time to think that thought again. Whether it's, uh, you know, good thoughts, which that's good news. If we, we have positive thoughts that have become neural pathways in our minds, that's good news because then we'll automatically think those thoughts. Most often that is not the case, however. Our experiences and our thoughts are programming our brain to believe uh, what is true based on what we think. You know, uh, for instance, you take a, a, a young baby and uh, you get a little baby and, and the baby's laying there and, and the baby is, is looking up at a parent and, and the parent, you know, says goo goo gaga or, or tickles her feet and the baby smiles and then the parent is, oh yay, she smiled. And then in the baby's mind, smiling is good. It's creating a neural pathway. Maybe it's a younger child. Maybe it's not a baby, and either they, they want to touch something that's hot or they want to put their finger in an outlet, and uh, they either uh, get hurt or the parent says, no, don't do that. Uh, the child understands, okay, that's a neural pathway. We're not going to touch the stove when it's hot. We're not going to stick our fingers in the outlet. Uh, that's a thought that they will think. Maybe it's a child that wants a piece of candy, and they can't have it. Or they want something, and, and the, the parent... Obviously, it does not want to give it to it. And so the child throws a fit and they cry and they throw a temper tantrum and eventually the parent just gives in and gives it to them. What's happening? Neural pathway. They know if they 
throw a fit, or they cry, they're going to get what they want. Those are very simple examples, but that's how our brain works. Neural pathways. We said this last week, but the more that you think a thought, the easier it is to think it again. The more you think a thought, the easier it is to think it again. And again, that's good news if we're thinking good thoughts. If our thoughts are good, then we're thinking good thoughts, and that's good. But most of the time, we're not thinking good thoughts. It's lies that we're believing. And our brain doubles down on those lies because we think they're truth, and we believe them even more fiercely. We hold on to those thoughts. We said this too. Most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. The battles that you fight on a regular basis will be won or lost in your mind. And remember, the battle is between Satan, the enemy's lies to you, and God's truth about you or for you. I, I, I shared a little bit about you know, some of the, the struggles that I've had, some of the, the growth that I've had in this area last week. And honestly, I can say that my thoughts have been my number one worst enemy in most seasons of my life. It's not been a person. Uh, it's not been a task that I have, a difficult situation that I'm faced with. It's my own thoughts. They're my own worst enemy. My thoughts so many times have not matched what I have tried to display on the outside. And I think sometimes you have to fake it until you make it, but it's important to get the thoughts right so that they will produce something right on the outside. And uh, it's just a, it's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle that we all have to face. Hold your place in Philippians 4. We'll come back to that. But let's remind ourselves what we looked at last week in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. We'll turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Remember what we said as Paul speaks to the Corinthian church in verse number 3. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we have to live in this world... We have to be in this body. We do not war after the flesh. It's not a physical battle. It's not a battle with people. It's not a battle with things that we can see. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. They're powerful. They have that dunamis, that, that dynamite power of God, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We said that, that strongholds, and I was corrected last week. The word for strongholds in the Greek is akabroma, not akamora. So I do apologize. Thank you, Justin. Um, but it's akaroma, and it means a fortified prison. And if we dive in deeper, it's a prison in which those that are inside are held by deception. The prison built out of deception, and that's happening in our minds. Those, those were being held captive by lies. Verse number five, casting down imaginations, throwing them down, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, knowing God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We're bringing into captivity. We said that bringing into captivity means uh, to capture something at the point of a sword or a spear. We use our sword, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, to capture lies with truth and make them be obedient to Christ. We let God's truth renew our minds. And that's what we've got to do. And so go back to Philippians. And we talked about Paul. We said that Paul is at the end of his life. 
He's writing from a Roman prison cell, or, or, or at, at the very least, he's writing from a Roman home arrest. And when you read Paul's writings, it, it just, his spirit inspires you. You read his focus, you read his passion, you read what he is trying to get across to the Philippian church in spite of the situation that he finds himself in. You know, before Paul finds himself in this place where he's in Rome, in prison, he had always wanted to go to Rome. You read it in the book of Acts. Paul wanted to go to Rome. He wanted to, uh, to be in there. He wanted to preach the gospel in Rome. He just didn't think it would be in prison. And again, God works his will how he wants to. And so we find that, that Paul is writing this powerful letter to Philippi. We won't take time to go through it, but there's so many great verses in Philippi. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, uh, and that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. He says in verse number four of chapter four, rejoice in the Lord always. And great writing. Wonderful, inspiring words that Paul is giving us. Obviously, the Holy Spirit is inspiring, but I believe he's using what is in the heart of Paul already. And Paul finally gets to the verse that we just read a few minutes ago. He closes. Paul says, finally. The last thing I want to bring to you. Paul does not tell them how bad it's been. Paul does not remind them. You know, he's done that several times in, in, in the writings that he's He's given us in the New Testament about what has happened to him, the fact that he's been stoned, the fact that he's been beat, the fact that he's been shipwrecked. He tells us some of that. He doesn't end that here with Philippians. He doesn't tell him how bad it is in Rome, the fact that I'm in prison, I can't do anything by myself, I'm chained to a guard, I have no freedom. He doesn't tell us that. He doesn't tell us that he's hurting. He doesn't tell us that things are tough. He doesn't say, pray for me. It's so bad. He doesn't say any of those things. He says, finally, brethren, let's talk about your thought life. Let's talk about the things that you are thinking. Finally, brethren, again, read it. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are love, pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If I can summarize that verse in one statement is this. Fix your thoughts. Think. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on God's truth. Because every single one of those words are things referring back to God's truth. God's word is the only thing that meets all of those qualifications. Think on these things. The word of God is, is true. The word of God is honest. It's going to tell us what we need to hear. The word of God is just. There is no agenda in the word of God. Uh, the word of God is pure. The Bible says that. Words of the Lord are pure words. The word of God is, is lovely. The word of God is a good report. There is virtue in the word of God. There is praise in the word of God. Fix your thoughts on God's truth. Why does this matter? Why is it important that God's truth becomes the source and focus of our thoughts? We said this last week, but I want you to see it again. The statement there underneath Philippians 4, 8 in your handout, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Thought comes in your mind, comes out in your life. 
comes out in your actions, comes out in your uh, communication, comes out in the look on your face. Thought comes in your mind, it will come out in your life. You cannot have a positive life and a negative mind. Can't do it. They don't work together. Your thoughts, they matter so much. They're shaping you. They're shaping your future. They're shaping the direction you take. They're shaping your, your, your decisions and your choices. Listen, if you cannot control what you think, you cannot control what you do. You cannot control and win the war of your mind. You will not win the war, the spiritual battle that is around you. Why do we make irrational and crazy decisions? Because the wires are crossed. We're believing lies. We're thinking on lies. Our minds are consumed with the lies of the enemy instead of being focused on truth. And so if we're going to do that, if we're going to follow 2 Corinthians 10 and take these thoughts captive, if we're going to follow Philippians 4 and fix our thoughts, think on these things, how are we going to do that? Let me tell you, it's not going to happen by accident. You're not going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden your mind is fixed. It's not going to happen. You have to train your mind. There are, there are two disciplines that we're going to look at here in the next couple of weeks, this week and next week, that you need to engage in um, in order to be able to capture your thoughts and make sure that they are obedient to God's truth. See, uh, we have to train our mind to do this. Naturally, we are going to believe and think the lies. We are not naturally going to think on truth. So we have to train our mind to do that. And training our mind is similar to training our body. You know, if you go work out at the gym, um, you know, I, I used to think that, you know, you could go to the gym three times a week and, you know, spend half an hour there and everything would be fine. And it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out even after I've made other decisions. But, but if you're going to be successful in training your body, it's not just, you know, going to the gym and pumping irons. It also is important what you put in your body. It's also important the diet that you have. It's also important that you get enough sleep. It's also important that you drink enough and hydrate enough. And so it's important. So same is true with our minds. It's not so much important what we do with our minds. It's what we put into our minds. We've got to train our minds toward truth. To be truly physically healthy... Again, it's not just what I do with my body, but it's what I put into my body. You know, you can go to the gym three times a week and spend all that time in the world, but if your diet is terrible, then you are undoing everything that you've tried to do at the gym. And the same is true with your mind. If you come to church, if you spend some time maybe reading your Bible in the morning, if you try to maybe listen to some good music and calm your minds at certain times of the day, that's good, but if that isn't become a constant thing and you're not training your mind, then you are going to undo throughout the week everything that you got on Sunday or one of those other times. To be truly healthy, what goes in must be healthy, not just what I do with it. Again, the same is true with your mind. To have a God-centered, healthy mind, it matters what you put into it. And we have to focus, uh, work at focusing our mind and training it towards 
God's truth. Just like if I want uh, to, to, you know, if you want to get bigger biceps, then you're going you're gonna to do some curls. Okay? You're going to lift some weight, all right? With our minds, if we want our minds to be strong, healthy, then we're going to have to list some spiritual truth. We're going to have to focus on truth. And so training our mind with spiritual disciplines. And the first one we want to look at today is the spiritual discipline of meditation. Spiritual discipline of meditation. Now, when you hear the word meditation, you know, I don't want you to think of, you know, a new age, being one with the universe, you know, sitting around with incense burning saying, oh, uh, that's not meditation, all right? Meditation is a, a spiritual, scriptural thing. And uh, look at, on your, in your handout, this is a very simple definition of meditation. I've heard it defined many different ways, but when it comes to what we're talking about here, this is a good one, to engage in mental exercise. Meditation means to engage in mental exercise to focus one's thoughts. Why? <laughs> I just love this. Why so many times do we find in the Word of God that the author, whatever book, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, <clears throat> says to meditate on His words? Because we're supposed to focus on truth. We're focusing on truth. Now look in your handout, Psalm 119, 15 through 16. I will meditate in thy precepts, the Word of God. And have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy words. Psalm 143, verse 5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. So we meditate on God's word, what he says to us. We meditate on the works that he's done. The truth about God, both in written form and as we see it in our own lives. We meditate on those things. Again, um, you know, if Eastern... Meditation, the world's definition of meditation is to empty your mind. That's not scriptural Bible meditation. True meditation is filling our mind with truth. True meditation is focusing our mind on truth, on the truth of God's word. Again, we're training, uh, just like we train the body, we train the mind toward truth. It's not just what I do with it, it's what I put into it. We need to focus our minds and you know, my own life, I, I, I talked a little bit about this last week, but I had to come to the realization that my mind just in general, not just the thoughts that I was thinking, but my mind in general was not very focused. And I couldn't stay focused for very long on anything. Uh, I couldn't, you know, stay focused on a task or a thought, trying to accomplish something without being distracted or, or even bored with it after a short time. And and, and it was evident in my work, it was evident in relationships with people, uh, my relationship with the Lord, my personal time of reflection on me. And so I had to take some responsibility about that. I, had, I knew I needed to change what was happening with my mind so that I could focus, so that I could make sure my thoughts were right. I began to change some things in my life to help that. I, I changed literally changed what was going into me, changed some things about my diet and, and eating things that are high in antioxidants, living sugar and carbs, and, and trying to help my diet. I removed distractions, and that's important. If you're trying to focus your mind, you've got distractions all over, uh, you're sunk. And I had to remove distractions, you know, notifications popping up on my phone or on my iPad while I'm trying to read my Bible or do some work. 
clutter, trying to organize my workspace, um, unfinished tasks. That's a big one. If you got stuff that's not done and you're trying to focus on something, at least for me, that would always pop up in the back of my head. Oh, I got to do that. And I just start thinking about that. And I'd be so distracted from what I was trying to focus on. And one of the, one of the most important areas for me to do that was obviously in my time with the Lord. Uh, my walk with God, my relationship with the Lord, and especially since it was the first part of my day, if I didn't have that right, the rest of my day was probably going to be chopped. And so I, I made sure that I would focus on, uh, made sure my mind was focused there at the beginning. And, 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 and I, I don't normally do this, but I at least want to share with you, and, and you can do whatever you want, but just so you kind of have an idea of what I have done in order to be able to focus my mind. Because this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to focus our mind on truth. We're trying to push out other thoughts and make sure that it's focused on truth. You know, for me, I normally start each day, I've got an app that's, uh, called Operation World, and every single day, it gives me a new country around the world to pray for, and I always start my day off with that, a specific prayer. I know I don't have to think about it. I know exactly what country it is. They give me prayer requests to pray, so I don't really have to think about it. I just go in and start praying for that, and that helps me focus because I've got one thought, one truth. I want to pray for the gospel to be reached and preached around the world and uh, start Start with that. That helps get my mindset uh, in, in the mood of, of spending time with Christ. I've got a Bible reading schedule that I go through in my YouVersion app, and that helps me stay focused so I know what I'm reading and I don't have to think about it. I don't have to wonder, well, what verse am I going to read today? Uh, I, 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 I do that, follow that. I, I take my prayer time and I split it up in between my Bible reading and and, and thinking about different things so that I, you know, if you're like me, I can only spend about five minutes at a time praying for something because I'll start thinking about all different kinds of things and then 15 minutes later, what am I doing? And, uh, or I wake up and, uh, and, and, and just thinking about those different things. And so, uh, Ben, you know, you don't have to spend an hour in prayer in an hour solid. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go for an hour. You don't even have to spend an hour, but I normally split it up about five minutes and pray for different things. I've got, uh, I think I've told you about the Echo Prayer app that I use where you can take prayer requests and you can have notifications at different times. And so different times of the day, I'll have a notification and it'll come up and it'll tell me to focus my mind on that prayer, on that truth. I use technology to your advantage, not your disadvantage. Again, I, I told you sometimes it can be a disadvantage because, you know, you've got lots of different things on your phone or your iPad. And you get notifications, you get emails, and you get texts, and you get phone calls. Shut all that off. Use it to your advantage. Use a prayer app. If, if I've got things, if, there are, if I'm trying to focus and I've told you about my wonderful pets and my neighbor's wonderful pets, and sometimes those are very distracting, and so I have to put on some, some quiet music or something in order to focus my mind. I have a prayer journal that I, that I try to, I've got specific things that I try to think about and pray about every single day. And, and I don't always get to all of them, but I try to use that to focus my mind. I, I will be the first to admit it, I am an ADD prayer. I, I can't focus very long. And so I want to train my mind, take discipline, spiritual discipline to meditate and focus on the truth. Focus is a skill. Again, it will not happen by accident. It is something that you have to work on. It's something that you have to do on purpose. So we want to train my mind to keep it from wandering. We are weak. We are flesh. 
Again, 2 Corinthians says we don't war after the flesh, but we still have to live in it. We still have to deal with it. And that is what brings us down. That's what brings us down. You know, when you wander, when your mind wanders, listen, when your mind wanders, it does not wander towards truth. It does not wander towards truth. Or at the very least, it does not wander towards the whole truth. And so we've got to make sure that we make our minds focus on truth, not the lies. Not the lies that say we're not good enough. Not the lies that say we're a failure. Not the lies that that say life is hard, that nobody understands, that we can't make it at this place. We've got to take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ, create new neural pathways that our mind, our thoughts are going to travel, and allow God's truth to change and renew our minds. Remember, we said change your thinking, change your life. Change your thinking, change your life. And so just in a few minutes that we've got left, let me remind us what we talked about last week and how what we've looked at today fits in. Number one, identify the number one stronghold that is holding you back. What is the number one? At what point are you a hostage to the wrong mindset? You're being held captive in a prison that is only locked by a lie. What is it? Where in life are you that the wires have gotten crossed? That we're plugged into the wrong thing? We're hearing the wrong conversation? Are we believing in something that isn't true, again, or at the very least is not the whole truth? That we're not good enough? That God can't use me? That I'll always struggle financially? That I'm a mess relationally? That I'm always going to screw up? That I can't trust anyone? Identify the lie, the stronghold that holds you back. And then number two, Name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Name it. What is the truth? Write it down. The truth from God's word. Write it down. Know what it is. Think about it. Read it. I am not what I have or what I buy. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. By God's power, I can change. Christ in me is stronger than my desires. My God is for me, with me, and has given me all that I need. Write it. Think it. Confess it. And then believe it. Write it. Think it. Confess it. And then you'll believe it. We're creating new neural pathways. The truths of God renewing our minds so we don't have to respond with the same thoughts that we've always thought in every situation. And certainly there will be setbacks. There will be things that come up where we'll automatically revert back, but don't let that stop you. Don't let that keep you from focusing on Christ. If you're worried all the time, that's your stronghold, then because of Christ, you need to believe I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. If the the lie, the stronghold in your mind is that I don't and can't know God's will for my life, then the truth needs to be my life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. If the lie is that I lack confidence, then my confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit lives within me. I can do everything that he calls me to do. Write it, think it, confess it, and eventually you believe it. And again, you may feel foolish at first, Because you're saying something that you don't believe. That's not what you have believed. And you may not believe it right now. But don't give up. Don't quit. You're creating new pathways of truth in your brain that God created. 
and eventually the wires won't be crossed. We'll be plugged in to truth.